Hello everyone, I am back for another episode and I know before any of you say it, I know I haven't been doing my drag episodes as regularly as I once was, so I apologise, but don't worry, I am back today with a huge recap of lots of different drag topics. I'm going to be talking about season 16, I've got two episodes of that that I need to talk about, I've got two different episodes of UK versus the world I want to talk about. I want to talk about some Paris Fashion Week moments involving some of the girls, some YouTube moments involving some of the girls. I'm going to be talking about Simone being on stage with Madonna in Las Vegas, which is iconic. I'm going to be talking about a couple of tours as well um, in the UK. So there is a lot to get into, a lot to discuss. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay, so let's begin with let's begin with season 16. Let's get the big boy out the way and then we can talk about all the other topics. So there is two episodes which I haven't discussed on my podcast. That was the snatch game and the most recent design challenge. I just want to say off the bat, I enjoyed both episodes. More so the design challenge, because I like any opportunity that we can see the queens show their creative output in a physical sense. And I understand that, you know, Snatch Game is quite an infamous um, or iconic Rue challenge. But the Snatch Game, I feel like, is kind of getting a little bit tired because there isn't always that good of performances on it. And I think people almost overthink their characters too much. You try and make something obscure or pick someone obscure um, and it doesn't always translate. But in season 16, in their episode, there was a couple of good performances. You know, Plain Jane did very well as her Russian pop star. Um, I think Maya did okay. Um just because I thought she was that bad, it was funny. I don't think she particularly put herself out when it came to her character. I think doing the whole, like, cousin of a, of someone famous vibe is a bit of a cop-out. I think she probably just rested on safe and went for someone that she could portray, somebody that she perhaps may have had an experience with in life. Um, but apart from those two, they were the only two who kind of made me laugh. Nymphia obviously was iconically quite bad, but I feel like a lot of the other girls weren't very good, you know, none of them really, really stood out. The only one who I enjoyed was Plain Jane, and that's just because she was playing like a, a bit of a bitchy kind of, well, just very Plain Jane-esque vibe, you know, she was playing this Russian superstar pop star, and it had Plain Jane-isms spattered throughout it. So she did very well. I was very, very impressed with playing Jane. She definitely won the episode. Um, but in general, I feel like the Snatch Game this season was a letdown. I think Hugh as Amelia Earhart was okay. She could have pushed it further because Amelia Earhart is a notable figure, but she has kind of no realm of like existence in my mind. So I don't know who she would be as a person. So... She could have played her like super, super butch or super, super girly or, you know, she could have taken her to any extreme. And I feel like she kind of really didn't do that. Um, I will say with regards to the Snatch Game episode and with the Design Challenge episode, both of the most recent eliminations, spoiler alert, Tsunami and Plasma, they were quite sad to see them go. I know I started off loving Tsunami kind of fell into a routine of not particularly liking her because I feel like she kind of deluded herself into thinking she was fashionable um, and then kind of wasn't. Um, but Plasma, for example, I started off really not liking, but when she left, I actually really enjoyed Plasma and I was really sad to see her go. Um, but yeah, seeing Tsunami go in the Snatch Game was sad, but I feel like it was probably Tsunami's time, unfortunately. And then also on season 16, like I was just saying, they also had a design challenge. Now, I love 
the concept of this design challenge. Goth is an aesthetic which doesn't personally speak to me. I'm very more sugar than spice. But this whole all black, grey, white, goth, grungy, punk, you know, kind of underground, Amy Winehouse kind of, you know, bring me the horizon vibe. I'm here for it. I love that vibe, even though it doesn't speak to me personally, and it's not something I particularly channel in my personal aesthetic. But the fact that they had a challenge dedicated to the goth, the grunge, the dirt, the dark, I absolutely loved it. And I love the fact that they kept the colour palette in those three Pantones. I'm glad that they said, look, you create a look using black, grey or white. Like, that is so iconic that they've kept them in a box of where you can exist and it's really a case of we've told you what we want we want goth now deliver it's very project runway because usually on the design challenges they say oh you need to make a nautical look but they don't kind of give you any more guidance other than that it needs to be nautical whereas this one it was it needs to be goth you need to channel wednesday adams you need to channel elvira you need to channel goth you have to make it goth which i love that it keeps the queens with a focus in mind so i think that would have actually been a real help versus a hindrance in a situation like this being given a context cue in that situation would have been so important i think that a lot of the fabrics which were there were quite nice like there was that latex um black vinyl material there was the black lace there was all of the patterned um, motif things like Baroque prints, what Q worked with. There were some feathers or some like feathery things um, like what Dawn used as a headpiece. Um, there was so much like sheer mesh netting. I think that they gave the queens a really good variety of fabrics and they really wanted them to create beautiful looks. Um, which I think is half of the battle. Giving them good fabrics gives them the chance to make a good look. So I think the I think the queens were quite lucky in that sense. With regards to my favourite outfits of the night, I really enjoyed Q's outfit. That great big massive black bow on the back of that gorgeous and like voluminous coat was incredible. I absolutely loved Q's look. Her hair and makeup, I understand, is a little bit more, um, I don't know what the word is, like, it's just not my taste. I wish she would have made her hair, for example, a little bit more girly, but I guess that's obviously not the vibe. The vibe is supposed to be grunge. It's just I like cute when she's got nice, cute hair on, um... But that's just more personal preference. She looked amazing. I'm very glad that Q won. Um, but I would have preferred her to have a different wig. Um, other strong contenders of the night were Nymphia Wind. Obviously, she looked amazing. Um, I liked the outfit. I love the fact that she had the big headpiece with the draping fabric on it. I think it looked gorgeous. Um, I kind of understand the judges' critiques about they couldn't really see her face. I think that is a valid comment. Um, the outfit itself um, did kind of cover her face, basically, yeah. Um, so I, I do understand what they were saying, but then I also understand there was that whole kind of like, you know, at a funeral morning, there was that sadness to the look, which I think she capsulated very, very well. So I can see it from both sides. Although I completely understand what they're saying, I do also see it from a different perspective. So I guess that's a tricky one. But I think in general, Nymphia did very, very well. Um, and her face always looks beautiful when we did get to see it. Also, a shout out is Morphine. Morphine's body paint was divine. She looked so good in that grayscale print. Um, and I love the dress. I love the makeup. Morphine's makeup is always so good, you know. She is the face of the season. Tsunami also had good makeup, but like I said, sometimes it leans into a bit of orange. But Morphine's face is beat. 
I wish that I could blend my eyes and do my eyebrows the way that she does. That is a professional makeup artist. I know any drag queen is a makeup artist because you are literally creating a new face on your face. That is not easy. But the level of makeup artistry Morphine has, it is incredible. I would love to see her do someone like Trixie's makeup or to see her do like um, Mistress. Oh my gosh, imagine Morphine giving Mistress a full on like woman beat. That would be iconic. That needs to happen. But yes, I've come, I've gone off subjects thinking about makeup. I always I always just want pretty makeup. I always want pretty hair, pretty outfits. Um but yeah, I love the design episode. Congratulations to Q. I think you are the rightful winner, but an honorable mention is for sure Nymphia. Whilst we're on the subject of fashion, I think that is a perfect segue into my next little topic of conversation, and that is this year's Paris Fashion Week. So, right out of the gate, I just want to say that for this season, it seems like the dolls have just all descended on Paris, and I am so here for it. So, let's talk firstly about... Let's do Sminty... Tace and Cam Hugh walking in their fashion shows. So um, I'm not sure 100% what the brand is called. All I know is that I saw on Sminty and Tace's um, stories that they were walking in a fashion show in Paris. And I was like, oh, wow. I know that Sminty is obviously wanting to get into the fashion world. She is literally the Manchester mannequin. She is a supermodel of drag. So it seems like a natural segue, but I didn't realize she were actually taking bookings and she was physically walking, you know, that's a big achievement. So a huge shout out to Sminty Drop. I know that Tace has walked in fashion shows before, and I know that Tace is a lot more of a household name than Sminty Drop. So it's not that I was shocked by any means to see Sminty there. I was, even though it makes no difference to me and she doesn't care. I was really proud. It was nice to see that Sminty is, you know, achieving her dreams. And the fashion show they were walking in, it was quite alternative. Like there were quite like dramatic shoes and the outfits were very like deconstructed, a little bit of like a Mad Max robot kind of um I don't even know, like wizard kind of vibe, I guess. Um, so the looks themselves were quite punky, quite hardcore. But just seeing Sminty's gorgeous little face and her long blonde hair just made me so happy. She looked gorgeous. So did Tace. Tace looked amazing. And Tace actually opened the fashion show. She was the first model on the runway opening that fashion show. So that must have felt amazing. That is such a once in a lifetime opportunity. So massive congratulations. There was other queens at the show who walked from uh, Drag Race Paris or Drag Race France. Um, Cam Hugh walked in the show as well. I'll be honest, I don't know much about Cam Hugh. I did see them at DragCon this year and I also saw them there last year. Um, and although... I'm not completely clued up on it. I would say she gives me kind of like a Aquaria kind of vibe from her aesthetic. She's gorgeous. The face for Cam Hugh is always beat. And she always, at least in my mind, wears a blonde human unit. So she's giving very girl, but very anime girl, in my opinion. She's fashion, she's gorgeous, but she is a little bit anime. She's a little bit, you know, um, what's the word? A babe in a blender, you know? Um, but yeah, I believe Cam Hugh also walked in the show, so huge congratulations to her. And I think at the show, Charity Case from UK was also there. I think she was there as a guest versus as a model, but I did vaguely remember seeing on Charity Case's story that she was there. 
um, also at Paris Fashion Week was from UK versus the world and Drag Race Ranch, La Grande Dame. Um, I'm not sure what show La Grande Dame was walking in. Um, I assume it must have been the Germanet, um fashion show since her boyfriend is Kevin Germanet. Um, but I know that she also opened that fashion show. La Grande Dame is, as she says, a staple within Paris Fashion Week. So it's by no means a surprise to see her there. But the fact that she is walking in fashion shows also, I think, is amazing. So shout out to La Grande Dame, shout out to Sminty Drop, shout out to Tace and shout out to Cam Hugh, all for being fashion divas this season. I just saved that segment and I realised I completely forgot to talk about Violet and Gottmik. So let's start with Gottmik. Gottmik was at the Loewe fashion show, which is a brand where her friend, Jonathan Anderson or JW Anderson, who also has his own namesake brand, designs for and Gottmik was invited as a special guest to attend that show. So Gottmik was there amongst literal superstars like Pharrell, Shawn Mendes, to name a few. And Gottmik was right there on the front row and she looked amazing. She was wearing this kind of black mullet. She had these big reflective sunglasses on and this black it looked like satin or silk slip dress, but the back was a super low cut, so low that you could see her bum crack, basically. Like, her cheeks were out, and she looked amazing. I love Gottmik. His vibe is just so kind of punk, and that seems like a reoccurring episode um, throughout all of season 16, throughout... Paris Fashion Week, throughout a lot of things this week, actually. I feel like goth and punk is really having its moment right now. Um, but Gottmik looked so, so amazing. So massive shout out to Gottmik and congratulations on your invite. And I hope you get to keep those sunglasses because those sunglasses from Loewe, they looked amazing on you. You looked so good. And then also at Paris Fashion Week was Violet. Violet was invited to the Scaparelli fashion show. So I think Violet is friends with Daniel Rosebury, who is the creative director for Scaparelli. Um, and Violet was wearing this black outfit with these black boots, which had like gold toes on them. I saw it on her story. And the outfit itself was a bit kind of mid for myself. It looked as if it had like kind of like cable ties or some form of like wicker basket material around the sleeves, which kind of made it a bit of a puff shoulder. Um, I didn't particularly like the dress. Um, the bag she was wearing kind of looked like an envelope, but the shoes, I love the shoes. They were just so ridiculous. How could you not love them? A black boot, which is just simple, but then kind of having a gold print toe motif on top of it, just so everyone thinks that you've got gold toes is just so fashion and so ridiculous. So I love that Violet is at that show. And she should be. Violet is a fashion diva. She looks amazing all the time. So it's only fair that Violet and Gottmik are front row at these fashion shows where they belong. Okay, so next up on my list, let's go for some YouTube moments that we've had this week. So firstly, Lux Noir London is the biggest icon I think ever. Lux has had an amazing week this week. She's been on Pit Stop with Trixie, which is obviously amazing. But she's also had a two hour long episode with Trisha Paytas, which has just dropped and I would strongly recommend everybody going watching it. Lux, as a personality, is someone who is quite polarising, which for me, I've always taken issue with because I love Lux Noir London and I love that she is so confident. I love that she has such a sense of worth. And I love the fact that she understands her place in the world, which so many people actually don't. 
So when they kind of try and bring looks down, it really is just a reflection of themselves. It's a reflection of their internal hatred towards themselves and they can't comprehend that looks is so confident and so amazing at pretty much everything. So I would strongly, strongly recommend everybody going watching the Lux Noir London and Trisha Paytas episode. They talk about a lot of different things. Lux does, um, I would say, rarely get vulnerable. But I feel like in that episode or in that podcast with Trisha, I feel like she was talking about a lot of different things. She was talking about her family and growing up and how when she was growing up where she did in the family she did, sometimes she felt quite alone and quite isolated. And when she was at school, she was kind of, she wasn't made fun of or she wasn't bullied per se, but she was definitely teased. And she was part of a musical theatre group. She was one of maybe a handful of gay people at her school. So there was definitely a target on her back. But then also when she came home from school, obviously now her relationship with her parents has changed. They're a big fan of her now. But at that time when she came home from school, she sometimes felt quite isolated. So she just kind of existed in her room, watching Drag Race, listening to Lady Gaga and kind of feeling a little bit scared, if you will. Um, and it was a vulnerability which is quite unfamiliar for looks to show. So... Anybody who is a fan of Lux, I would strongly, strongly recommend you go and watch that episode. Um, anyone who's a fan just of queer people in general, I would strongly recommend going watching it because Trisha has a good way of interviewing people where it's just a nice, relaxed conversation. And it's very much a case of if you want to open up, open up. And if you do open up, even if it's something that Trisha doesn't necessarily have an experience with, she is good at validating your feelings and validating your thoughts, which makes you feel more comfortable to continue opening up. It's really nice and I um I, I admire looks a lot. Somebody who is as amazing as she is, she should be able to sing her own praises because why not? People all the time who are not good at things fake it till they make it, whereas you've got someone look like Lux who's good at everything, she should be confident, she should be proud of herself, she's worked on years of trying to improve herself, she's studied the show, she's studied her craft, and she's good at life, so why not achieve? So more power to you, Lux, and that episode just made me love you even more. But like I said, she's also on the pit stop, um, reviewing the design challenge, which I loved. I loved her outfit um, with the little white Louboutin boots. I thought she looked amazing and her eye makeup that week looked gorgeous. She had this kind of like red blended cut crease. So I would also recommend everybody going watching The Pit Stop with Trixie Mattel and Lux because she is on another level of gorgeous in that episode. Trixie as well is just so funny. I know people say that Trixie is overhyped and that Trixie's, you know, not a worthy winner, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Keep that, put it in an envelope and send it to somebody else because miss me with your drama. Trixie is a superstar and I love her so much. She makes me laugh so much. She is just kind of like a free spirit and you don't really know what's going to come out of Trixie's mouth. You know that she's going to keep it professional, but then every now and again, you can see that her brain just takes over and she just starts talking about the most random things. And I love that. I love Trixie so much. Other um, things which I saw on YouTube, which I really enjoyed, is actually on Trixie's solo channel. She um, posted a video where she was talking about a number of different things. But most importantly, what I took from that video is how amazing Trixie looks in pink hair. She was wearing this great big pink human hair unit, which she said in the video that James Mansfield had kind of coloured and styled for her. And I know that we're kind of used to seeing Trixie in blonde hair. And that is definitely Trixie's staple. But 
whenever you see her in pink hair, it brings that whole personality to, to another level. And it's just so gorgeous to see her in pink hair. I wish she did it more often because it really is just a chef's kiss when you see the life-size Barbie wearing pink hair. And she also had this like feather dress on and um, what she talked about in the episode of being from one of her friends' brands, I believe she said. Um, and she just looked so, so amazing. So definitely, as well as checking out Trisha's video, as well as checking out Pit Stop, check out the video on Trixie Mattel's own YouTube channel as well. Um, it's a sight um, to see, and she looks beautiful in it. Another thing what I saw on YouTube as well is a video that Sugar from Sugar and Spice posted on her solo channel, which is Sugar's World. Um, she posted a video with Malaysia, which would Malaysia, Malaysia. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I say Malaysia, Malaysia. Um, she posted a, a like an hour long video, which was just a chit chat, get ready with them. And then they took some pictures at the end. There was a cameo from Spice in there as well, out of drag. So make sure you go and watch that um, to see them talking about their friendship, to talk about the show, to talk about Malaysia's performance style and they also got vulnerable in there because they were talking about how the show kind of gave one narrative about their friendship and how it didn't really show the full, you know, love that they had as a family. It was a really interesting watch and both of them looked so amazing. They did some recreation of some Mycene dolls um, and I loved both of their outfits. I loved both of their makeup. And anytime you get to see those queens hanging out together is always so nice. So definitely make sure you check all of those out because they're nice videos to just kind of watch in the background. Long form content gives you that opportunity to kind of like, I don't know, have a bath and just let it play in the background or be making some food or doing your homework or maybe cracking on with some work. And just having something there to kind of white noise, but that you can kind of drift in and drift out of. So definitely make sure you check those videos out. I loved watching them. Okay, so next up, let's talk about Simone and Madonna. So this past weekend, Madonna brought her celebration tour to Las Vegas. And... In the show, which we've spoken about previously, there's a segment where there's kind of like a catwalk ball kind of moment where the dancers from the show come down the runway one by one and perform for Madonna and usually a special guest. There's been a couple of queens lucky enough to be the special guest with Madonna. I know Aquaria has done it. I know Plain Jane's done it. And this most recent weekend, season 13 winner Simone was on stage with Madonna. And I love Simone so much. I love her character. I love her personality. And I love her just general vibe because she's giving that kind of disco diva vibe, but also doing it in a alternative fashion way. And she also channels a little bit of RuPaul. So seeing her on stage with Madonna cleansed my soul and fed my soul so much. There's actually a video on my YouTube channel, Global Drag Shows, of Madonna and Simone on stage. It's around three minutes long, so make sure you go and watch it so you can see the full segment. And Simone was wearing this kind of, it was like a five spike wig and it had loads of nails in the wig. It looked amazing first and foremost but when does Simone never look amazing and she had this kind of like um little rhinestone moment top on and some long pants and some big boots and Madonna also looks amazing and basically Simone came on stage introduced by Bob the Drag Queen and they rated the ball performances by the dancers so some of them got 10 out of 10s some of them got a chop 
Um, and it was just fun. It's a nice little segment that Madonna does in her show. And I think it's amazing that Bob introduces different queens to that main stage to perform with Madonna because that really is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, Madonna is, unfortunately, a little bit older. So the likelihood is that, you know, we're not going to get very more, very many more tours out of her. So being able for these queens to share a moment on stage with a superstar like Madonna is so incredibly amazing. So I think it's lovely that Bob allows people to come on stage and experience that. Um, so definitely, definitely go and check that video out. Like I said, it's on my YouTube channel now, Global Drag Shows. Go and check it out. Leave a comment and yeah, celebrate with Simone. Next up, let's talk about UK versus the world season two. So I did say in a past episode that at one point, I wasn't living for the show, then I was, then I wasn't again. And I still kind of have those same thoughts and feelings about this season. There's some queens in the cast that I really do enjoy, but there's also some queens in this season that I feel like don't really give much. So I am definitely torn about this season, but in general, any drag race I am happy with. So, and I will always be a consumer, you know, I will always, always watch drag race regardless of if... I particularly like one, many or all of the queens on the season because I'm just happy for any queer representation. But the past two episodes of UK versus the world have been both a snatch game and kind of like um, an advertising branding design challenge where they had to create little TV segments um, or they were kind of like travel documentary style where it's like come and visit and this is what you'll experience, um, which I actually really liked. I like any of the branding or design challenges, which are a little bit different like that. Like if you remember back to All Stars 4, when they did the club looks and the club like design challenge, that was so iconic. I love that. I love that they did that concept because it's showing if a queen can take an idea and create it into a night or into an event or into an advert. So anytime they do a design challenge like that, I really do enjoy. Some of the standouts for that week truly were the top two. Tia Coffee, I think, did very, very good. I also think that Scarlet Envy, hands down, won that episode from start to finish. Her outfit on the runway was probably not the best. That reveal was quite simple. Um, but her performance in the advertising challenge was so good and it was so thorough of a concept. There was no one else who could win that week. The lip sync to Kim Petras was okay. I mean, neither her or Tia are particularly the, the best dancer, but performing to Kim Petras, The Future Starts Now, that is a little bit more of a slower song. So I guess you're limited by what you can do. Um, but that episode, I really, really did enjoy, mostly just because I saw the queens do something different. Um, I will say the feedback that um, Keta Minaj got about her little paint rolling segment not landing, I don't really know if I agree. I think that Keta is obviously very creative, but I think she gets in her head. And I think that if they just kind of said, oh, Keta, I think you kind of overcomplicated it, I feel like that would have been fine. But the segment where she was rolling around in paint, I don't think it was as bad as what the judges were saying it was. So I think they were a little bit harsh on that. I also feel like that, at least from the rehearsals, La Grand Dame was really struggling that week. She spoke her lines incorrectly. She ate into her teammates' time. So both... Hannah Conda and Jombas both had to rush their segment. So she's got poor time management and she's also oblivious of other people. She must be clearly that used to just, you know, being perfect that when she's not perfect, it kind of must just unsettle her and she just needs time to get herself sorted. Um, but I do feel like it is a little bit unprofessional because it's not fair on your sisters. If you're given 45 minutes 
the reality is that time should be split evenly because it's not a competition. It's not Le Grand Dame's drag race. It's RuPaul's drag race. And Le Grand Dame is the competitor, the same as Jombas is, the same way as Hanaconda is. So if it was me personally in that group, I would have been confrontational and I would have said, look, Le Grand Dame, you've had your moment now. You've had your time. You've not got your segment done. You now need to allow me and Hannah time to get it sorted. And if we have time left at the end, you can come back on. But what you've done is what you've done. That's on you. I would not have been so kind of submissive as Hannah and Jombas were and allowed her just to take up all that time. Absolutely not. Sorry, Le Grand Dame. If you're going down, you're sinking your own ship. You're not sinking mine. I would have for sure spoke up, but I guess that would have created tension. And I wish Jombas did because Jombas segment had elements in it, which I think if it would have been more thought out and she would have had more time could have been better. Like I actually enjoyed the moment where she was like, raise your hand if anybody wants any makeup advice off me. And then they like also cued the silence in. Like I did find that funny and I do find Jombas funny, but I just feel like it was all kind of rushed. And Hannah, for example, was cutting segment 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 she was like no fuck it cut it nope cut that as well cut that and that's because le grand homme gave them no time and when we watched the episode back and we watched their segment back le grand homme's section didn't even really make sense she was just trying to make it too fashion and it's funny because le grand homme is a bit goofy and i think sometimes that comedy lands sometimes that comedy doesn't but it was a shame to see that that did eat so I can't even speak, that that did eat into the other competitors' time. That was a real shame. I also thought that Marina Summers, her segment was fine. Um, She was doing the whole kind of like air hostess kind of vibe, which I really did, I thought was fine. Um, The queen all, the queen, I can't speak, the queens who I thought struggled, unfortunately, was Gothy Kendall. I don't think that I had the same concerns as what Michelle Visage did. She was saying that the whole like bukkake joke was not funny when Gothy was painting the faces, but it looked like she was kind of like jerking it onto their face. I don't think that that was my concern. I actually thought that was quite funny. I just had concerns with Gothy's overall confidence level. And also what really bothered me was that black suit, what she was wearing was creased. Like that black satin or silk suit that Gothy had on was literally all creased. I'm sorry, but you're going to go on TV and you're not going to steam it. That seems, mm, I'm not sure on that one. So I would have clocked her on that. I wouldn't have clocked her on her confidence because that's been the same since the season began. I would have clocked her about her presentation. How are you going to ask us to shoot you from the back and zoom in and see this bukkake segment when what you're actually going to present to us is a creased coat. How are you going to do that? Like, that for me is a bit of a no. But yes, Scarlet Envy was the winner of the episode. I agree. And she unfortunately sent home Jomba's Blonde. I think over Keta Minaj, um, or if you're up against Keta Minaj, I think it's hard because Keta, I think, is definitely more of a contender for the crown. But I think in this season, I think Keta was, is or was getting in her head. Um, so I can see it from both sides. Jombas was a finalist, but Jombas also isn't really on the same level of looks and presentation as Keta Minaj. So I think if it was me, I think I would have sent home Jombas Blonde, unfortunately. I do like Jombas, but I also do like Keta Minaj. So... Scarlet Envy was damned if she did and damned if she didn't. So not an easy decision on that one by any means. And then next up on UK versus the world was their Snatch Game. And they did the Snatch Game Family Edition, which was kind of a little bit like Family Fortunes, just with drag queens. They had Jane McDonald, who is an icon, and Sunita, who I cannot stand um, as guest judges or as the family captains i love jane mcdonald because she has tv shows where she goes traveling around the world and she goes on like cruise ships and stuff like that and she is insane 
She's an alcoholic. She is a party starter and she is a UK celebrity icon. You know, she is just insane. So I'm a big fan of Jay McDonald just because she is crazy. And seeing the Queens interact with the guest judges was actually quite nice. Um, in the Snatch Game, I'm going to go down the line and give my thoughts on everybody. Le Grand Homme, she was Carla Bruni and she was being like a supermodel. Um, for me, it was a chop. Sorry, Le Grand Homme. Like I said last week um, with your comedy, sometimes it delivers, sometimes it doesn't. And unfortunately, this one just did not land. I'm not sure why she thought it would. I think she just got in her own head. And she even said on the main stage that she rehearsed it that much. I think she kind of got herself stuck in a box, unfortunately. Um, so it didn't land for me personally. Um, next on the line was Gothy Kendall as Kim Woodburn. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't good. You don't think of Gothy Kendall and think of comedy. You think of Gothy Kendall and beauty. Gothy Kendall is so gorgeous. She doesn't really need to be funny, but it would have been nice for her to shake off that insecurity and just come out strong and confident and deliver an amazing performance. But unfortunately, she didn't. It fell flat and that was a shame. It was sad to see. Next up was Keta Minaj and she was Fran Drescher. That also wasn't very good. Um... A couple of people have done Fran Drescher before and I understand that she's got a funny voice but in general I don't find her funny as a character so I'm not sure why people keep trying to make it happen. Um, I think Fran Drescher as a character on Snatch Game should kind of be put to, put to one side. The same as Jennifer Coolidge. People have done that enough times. I think maybe put that to one side as well. So Keta Minaj was not very good. Next up was Marina Summers as Manny Pacquiao. Um, this was okay as well. I like the segment where she walked from behind the desk and she was showing off her pants and she was talking about, like, she said, like, uppercut, uppercut, walk that duck. Like, that was funny. But apart from that, I feel like Marina was kind of, like, mid-level. On the other side of the stage was the other team and we had... Sunita as the captain, like I said, not talking about that because she irritates the life out of me. Then we had Hannah Conda as Shirley Temple, which is difficult because um, Jimbo did Shirley Temple and did it so well on All Stars 8. So I feel like she was definitely up against stiff competition there. But I think Hannah did well, to be fair. She definitely delivered. She did what she needed. She did the little tap dancing. Her answers were appropriate to the things that Rue was throwing down the line. So I think Hannah did really, really well, actually. Next up was Scarlet Envy. And this was Scarlet Envy's first time doing Snatch Game, unbelievably. This is her third season of Drag Race and her first time ever getting to Snatch Game. And she did the Statue of Liberty, which I really like. I think it was actually quite creative to do an inanimate object like the Statue of Liberty. And she obviously gave her a New York accent. And I think Scarlet did well. Some of the jokes landed. The one about the trains being late, I thought was clever, but the way she delivered it, there wasn't much co comedic timing in the delivery. I think it would have been better if she would have worded it better. But I would imagine for Scarlett, there's been a lot of build-up for her to actually get onto Snatch Game, so I would imagine she was probably quite nervous. But she did well. She did very well. Next up was Theresa May and... Tia Coffee, and they were both playing versions of Henry VIII's wives. I think it was Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn, I believe. Theresa was funny. Um, Tia Coffee was funny. I don't think neither of them were particularly, like, hilarious. Rue really enjoyed Tia Coffee's, um, and it was definitely better than her Mel B., but I don't think it was as funny as Rue was making it out. Um, I think in general that whole snatch game was mid at best. But for me, the, the best two were Scarlet Envy and Hanaconda. The top two of the week were Tia Coffee and Hanaconda. Um, 
which I mean, I guess, I guess that's fine. Um, but for me, I, I think probably it should have been Scarlet Envy and Hanaconda. I also think that on the runway as well, I think Scarlet Envy had a better look than Tia Coffee. Tia Coffee looked great and she's looked definitely better this season. Hanaconda looked nice in her lace look, but Scarlet Envy was kind of this like Titanic, drowned, like kind of almost like um, a siren, if you will. She looked amazing. I think that was probably the one of the best looks Scarlet's ever worn. So I was shocked that she wasn't in the top for that alone. On that runway, other looks that I liked were Marina Summers. Um, I also liked Theresa May's kind of octopus inflatable latex thing. I think she looked really good. And I also liked Gothy Kendall's look. Her little corset with the little clams on it was so adorable. I love Gothy Kendall so much. Even though I do give her a hard time. It's just because I know she could be so amazing if the confidence was there. Um, but yes, in general, I think Scarlet Envy should have been in the top again, um, over Tia Coffee. And I think Scarlet Envy could have probably beat Hanaconda in that lip sync. So Scarlet should have been two for two, but I don't know. I'm not deciding. So there it is. Congratulations, Tia Coffee. Actually thinking about it, I also want to talk about Gothy Kendall having no confidence and when she was in the deliberation with Tia Coffee, Tia asked her straight up, like, do you think you're going to be able to continue in this competition and shrug off this feeling of, like, insecurity that you have? Because you can see it. The way that Gothy holds herself, the way that she presents on the stage, she always has her arms crossed. She's feeling quite withdrawn. She doesn't really feel like she's giving it. And I would love to just shake her, shake some confidence into her and just say, Gothy, you can do this. Look at you. You look amazing. You can do this. But there's just her internal monologue that you can see is ticking over in her brain, which prevents her from stepping into her greatness. And I don't know why that is. She is amazing. And I don't know why she's so insecure. I just wish she would have come back this season with more confidence. I'm glad she has come back, but I would argue that she probably needs to... Well, do you know what I think, if I'm being completely honest? Gothy Kendall doesn't lip sync. Gothy Kendall doesn't dance. She is a DJ. She performs on stage as a DJ. I think one thing Gothy should do, she should take some dance classes, she should take some pole fitness classes, and she should get more confident in her dance ability, and then she should start performing more. And then once she's built up some performance experience in the sense of physically performing, physically lip syncing, he doesn't have to be like death drops or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I don't think that's Gothy's vibe. Gothy could perform maybe like a ballad or something a little bit slower and make it a bit more comedic. And that would build her confidence up and she would be a little bit more loose on stage because you could see what drag queen gothy can be. It's just not there because she's not had the experience or she hasn't allowed herself that experience to have fun with drag. You can see she likes drag and she's very good at drag, but she doesn't have fun with it which makes me really sad because there's a lot of potential in that little body and I wish she would bring it a bit more. Also as well, one thing I want to talk about is how Jomba's Blonde was piping up online about Scarlett sending her own, sending her home, sorry, and about she thinks it's strategic. Well, yeah, Jomba's obviously strategic and unfortunately, Jombas, that's part of the game. Like, I love Jombas and I understand why she was frustrated because obviously there's lots of elements into it. But realistically, she should be directing her anger towards Le Grand Arm for spoiling the segment, which then ultimately put Jombas in the bottom and then sent her home. It's not Scarlet Envy's fault. Scarlet Envy had to pick someone. She can be angry that she was selected and that Keta Minaj was chosen to stay. But the reality is, in that season, 
not in general, not in drag race in general, but in that season, Keta Minaj had a better track record than Jombas did. So Scarlett made the right decision. Yes, Jombas is competition, but also Jombas was the worst that week compared to Keta Minaj. In my opinion, it should have been Jombas Blonde and Le Grand Dom in the bottom too. And I think that Scarlett would have sent Le Grand Dom home because Le Grand Dom is a bigger threat for the crown than Jombas is. Because Jombas looks, unfortunately, no disrespect to Jombas, is not going to carry her to the win. Jombas later on in the competition would trip herself up and Scarlett would know that. I think that if the judging would have been fair, Le Grand Dame should have sent her ass to the bottom and Scarlett would have sent Le Grand Dame's ass back to Paris. It would have been no choice other than get Le Grand Dame out. She is a big, comp uh, big competitor for that crown and it's the right thing to do to send her home. And I really do believe that Scarlett would have done. So I understand why Jombas can be upset that she got sent home. But the reality is that isn't something she should be directing at Scarlett. And I think that that is a little bit wrong of her, to be fair. I think she should have been directing that hatred or that anger or that animosity or that stress to La Grande Dame. Also, as well, I want to talk about the fact that they're doing a UK versus the world tour around the UK. Tickets are £41.25 and pence for the actual tickets themselves. Then you have to pay booking fee on top. So it's not cheap by any means. And um, not all of the queens are at all of the shows. The top seven, I believe, are at all of the shows. But the early eliminated ones like um, Arantxa Castilla-La Mancha or Mayhem Miller, for example... They're only at select dates. So if you are going to buy tickets to the UK versus the world tour, make sure you double check which shows your favourites are going to be at because the likelihood is that not all of them may be there. A lot of them will be, like Tia Coffee, Marina, Scarlet, Gothy. They're all going to be at all of the shows. But just double, triple check because some of the queens that you love may not all be there. So 100% just check that. But other than that, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything I needed to this week. This one's a long one. Like I said, there's been a lot of different topics I wanted to cover. So anybody who's still listening, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. I'm going to get back on my grind when it comes to the podcast. I'm going to start making more lifestyle content. I'm going to be trying to make more like therapy kind of content. I'm going to bring the drag content back as well. Um, and I'm going to be trying to make smaller episodes more frequently. Um, there's a lot I want to do with the podcast, but it's just finding the time. So thank you so much for staying there. Thank you so much for listening. And I really, really do appreciate each and every one of you. So much love to you all. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing month. And if you're still listening, just know that I love you. You are loved. You are supported. And you are a superstar. Lots of love. Goodbye, everybody.